It's time for the Little Agency That Roars podcast, a podcast that connects you with talented and brilliant people. And that's all of us. We are available wherever you stream your podcast, so go ahead and find us and subscribe. I'm your host, Michael Fasoni, and let's get started. Okay, we are sitting here with Matt Linesk, Vice President of Sales and Operations. Hi, Michael. Hey, Matt, for Sturgis Materials. Okay, Matt, what'd you do today? Um, got this morning at uh, five o'clock. Uh, did my workout. Uh, workout every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday over at the Lenexa Rec Center. Little plug for them, great spot. Uh, did an hour there, got home, cleaned up, and then actually went to a breakfast meeting on employee stock ownership programs. Want to learn a little bit more about that. Who hosted that? Uh, it was hosted by the Kansas City Business Journal. Okay. So, um, interesting, con- interesting, interesting talk. Uh, a lot of banker types there, a lot of people trying to sell their services to, to do that. Um, but I just wanted to learn a little bit more about those programs and what it was all about. And then uh, back to work and uh, noticed when, we, when I got back to work, there was a, a truck leaving with a bunch of product. I had to figure out what that was and that we were almost out of it and go order it. And then uh, there was a, another job that we got going on up in Des Moines, Iowa. And I needed to order three truckloads of stone for. And then um, lunch and meeting to go over payables and receivables and sign checks. And now I'm here with you. So it's been a full day so far. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for fitting it in. Ah, no problem. Happy and what to be was here. the topic of the business journal luncheon? Uh, I was on employee stock ownership programs. Are you thinking about going that way? You know, that's something, you know, we're a ways away from that, um, from even thinking about it. But the, the, the topic was out there, and I wanted to learn a little bit of something about it. So give me a chance to go do so. Nice. But I'm always trying to, you know, you always try to look 5, 10, 15 years ahead. And if you can take a, an hour or two and, and, and go to a presentation, go learn something that might help you, maybe not today or tomorrow, but maybe five years from now, if you get a chance, go do it. So that's what I did. I really like that. Um, and from what I hear, you're pretty good at forecasting and looking ahead, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah, okay. Um, and obviously, we've, we've introduced your name, the name of your company, Sturgis Materials, but, you know... Go ahead and tell us who you are and what you are. Sure, sure. So Sturgis Materials is Kansas City's, and, and, and honestly, probably within the four-state area, uh, Kansas, Missouri, Iowa, Nebraska, uh, the, the largest single-source location for all things natural stone, uh, aggregates, and custom fabrications. So if it is a rock used for building stone, for landscaping, uh, to go in concrete or, or anything else, we probably sell it, or at least we know where to get it. Uh, business has been, uh, been there since 1942, so it's been around a little while. Uh, the current owners have owned it since 1976. Uh, one of those owners is my father. Uh, I never in a million years thought I would be back at Sturgis Materials. I've been with us now. It'll be uh, 11 years in April. Um, Before this, my previous life, I was in the commercial printing industry. So working for a corporation based out of Houston, Texas called Consolidated Graphics. And when I turned 30, they made me president of one of their facilities out in Anaheim, California. So went from Gainesville, Florida with my brand new wife, who was born and raised a Florida Gator and had lived there all her life and, and took her all the way to, from one side of the country to the other, to Anaheim, California, uh, was there for six <laughs> years. We uh, had our firstborn son out there and kind of started looking at things going, do I really want to raise kids in California? And the answer was probably not. Um, I hated leaving where I was, but I was also looking at the writing on that wall, and the, and the gentleman who owned it, who unfortunately recently, uh, not very long ago, passed away, um, was a great mentor of mine, but I also knew he was probably within a couple years of, of getting out of the business. And I wasn't sure we had somebody else who could, who could run it like he did, or he was going to sell. And two years after I left, he sold. 
to R. Donnelly, which is the biggest printing company in the world. Um, so uh, back to, to my little story. So I was, I was running a, a print shop in California, you know, Kansas boy who had kind of gotten dropped in there. We were, we were performing well. Um, and I think my dad had taken his last run at bringing me back home. And about six months after that, I called him. I said, okay, I think I'm ready now. Are you? And he falls on the floor and gets back up. He's like, you sure? Said, yeah, I think I'm sure. Let's talk about it. And we did. And I talked to him and I talked to his business, business partner and um, decided to make the move. And we weren't really sure how to structure it at first and what I was going to do. It was one of those things like, Matt, just get involved and see where it goes. And I did. Maybe ruffled a few feathers. Um, uh, you know, we uh, was a very good company. Had always been, had always had good customers. Had a, had a great reputation in the market. Um, may have been a little complacency that it, that it crept in. And uh, we, we had to, I wouldn't say fix things, but just kind of had to clean up a few things. Get some right people in the right places on the bus. Um, took about a year, year and a half, couple years. Um, and things started really moving for us and, and started working on some really nice projects and, and sales numbers ticked up a little bit and, you know, here we are today. So um, very happy that uh, I've made the move. Uh, I've got uh, three kids now. Um, all, all uh, let's see, we've got 13, 10, and my, my daughter is seven. Uh, so they're all involved in, in sports and piano and school and things and keeps us busy and, and, and keeps us a little crazy, but it's a lot of fun. So I, I, wouldn't, think, I wouldn't change it for anything. And we can't skip over the fact that you are the star coach of one of those I, teams, I, I believe. The, I, am, I, am, I, don't, I wouldn't go with the star coach. <laughs> I am the coach of, of three different teams and an assistant coach for one. So I'm the head coach of my oldest boy's soccer team. Um, they're an eighth grade uh, rec league team. That's we've had this team since uh, pre-K. Pretty rare that a, a team has gone on like that from pre-K to eighth grade. But we've got a great group of kids and a great group of parents. Um, kids are, are you know all different abilities, but we make it work. Um, and then I'm assistant coach for my middle boys team, soccer team. Uh, and then I am also a and I, so I do we do soccer in the spring and the fall. And in the winter, I'm basketball coach for a fourth grade boys basketball team and a second grade girls team, which is loads of fun. Actually, they're awesome. They're amazingly good. It's it's I have, I don't the first practice I looked at my assistant coach and like, wow, okay, <laughs> we got something here. And, and sure enough, we did. So uh, again, it's it's a lot of fun for me. Uh, helps kind of keep me young and moving. And uh, you know, I, I'd like to think I'm making a little bit of difference in these kids' life, but honestly, they're making a big difference in mine. So, If I had to guess, you have a basketball background. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I played basketball at Rockhurst High School. Um, didn't play in college, but I was actually a high jumper in college. Went to a, a D3 school down in San Antonio called Trinity University. Okay. Um, we'll uh, post a picture later, but yeah. obviously for those who can't see, Matt is <laughs> how tall are you? I'm six foot six. He's six foot six. So my, my junior year of college, I was the conference champion high jumper and then held the school record for about 10 years. Really? So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, star coach. I, I guess. <laughs> I, we, we can say that's all led me there. <laughs> Everything but the piano lessons. Right, 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 right. Those the kids you gotta did get on, on their that. own. Yeah, no, that's, not, that's, yeah, that's their mother. They, okay. You know. But anyway, let's, you know, uh, you mentioned your father. And by the way, your father's a great man, as are you, you, as are you. Um, But um, so you said, what, thrice the third time he he pulled you back in? Oh, it was several. There were several several conversations, (laughs) um, several phone calls. And, you know, we we talked a lot during those years. I was in California. I had my my set of challenges. You know, I, I was there from... 06 to 12, and we all kind of know what happened during those years with the, the recession, the economy. So I was uh, thrust right in the middle of that. Um, at the same time, had had my own challenges, had a, had a sales rep that was one of our top guys that had passed away, um, had, had some other issues we had to deal with. But we, we again, had had some great people, and it was a matter of, of getting the right people in the right places on the bus. And... and trying to figure out, you know, what do we do best? And then how do you do that every single day? Sure. It, it took a little bit. 
Um, but we were successful every year. Um, we, we lost some business. When, when the recession hit, I think when I started that company was uh, doing 10, 11 million dollars a year. And uh, after about three years, we were down to five. So uh, a big, uh, big challenge. And I, as a 30, 31, 32 year old, brand new wet behind the ears president had to deal with that. And it wasn't easy, but we did. Um, we had some nice pieces of business. And, and, and the best, best part, best thing that happened was when I, after I had told everybody I was leaving, um, one of my sales guys who, me and him had had some, some round and rounds a few times. Uh, in fact, I think I, I think I let him go once and then he came back and said, I'm sorry, I messed up, I made a mistake. I was like, okay, well, we're fine, let's, let's talk about it. Um, he pulled me outside, I said, hey, I gotta tell you, um, I really appreciate what you've done here I think if I was in your role, this company wouldn't have survived what we had to go through. And really? I was like, yeah. I was like, thanks. It means an awful what lot. What a compliment. It was. It was. It was. It was a, and I'll never forget that for as, as long as I live. I mean, and that's, that's why you do this. That's why you run, a, you, you run a business. It's not about the compliments. It's about taking care of the, the, the people that take care of you and, and take care of your customers. And as a... You know, a, a business manager, you know, that's what you try to do. You try to get everybody together. You know, you're, you're, you're managing situations, not necessarily people. Um, if, if you have the right people who care very much about your, your customers and about your, your, your business, you let them do their thing. And, you know, yeah, I've got to come in behind and sometimes stuff happens and you have to deal with that. Um, but as long as everybody's, you know, pulling the right same direction, you can deal with just about anything. And, and that's what we did there, and that's what we've done at Sturgis. And to, to varying degrees of success, we're very blessed right now. So I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. Nice. I really like the way you said that. And that's one of the things I wanted to bring up, and it's something I have here in my notes that I wanted to ask you about. Um, you know, I spent uh, several days on your site. Um, you have a very big site. It's a beautiful, well-put-together site, by the way. It, oh, I'm sorry. Very happy with it. I'm sorry. I meant your physical location. Oh, I thought you meant our, our website. No, sorry. You do have a beautiful website. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, well, you're welcome. <laughs> but no, yes. Uh, your physical location. Mm-hmm. So it's massive. Right. Tons of material. It's beautiful. It's really cool. But I noticed while we were there working, you know, filming material for his website, which is? Sturgismaterials.com. There you go. And we'll obviously have that up in the show notes. Um and, you know, I've been doing this for going on 24 years, and I filmed in all kinds of environments. And a lot of people are afraid of cameras, and sometimes they run, and sometimes they <laughs> don't want to be involved. But one thing I noticed, um, every single person we came across at your facility, whether it was the fabrication room, people operating the forklifts, to people bringing in big loads that had to go in your, sto- you know, in your big storage facility there, mm-hmm. everyone was so... Um, easy to work with. They were so nice. I told your father that. I'm like, you know, to ask a guy to stop operating his forklift for 10 minutes, sometimes you get scoffed at, but your crew was like amazing. And, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you unpacked a little bit of that a few minutes ago, but sure. maybe you could talk more about how are you, you know, we, dating them? Go ahead. We, we take a lot of pride in that. And, and we've had employees who have been with us a long time. Um, We've got a, a gentleman who's one of our drivers that, uh, and he's talking about retiring next year, and I tell him he can't. Um, but he's going on 30 years. Um, our, our newest employee is probably, yeah, well, we have another driver we just hired this year who's doing a great job. Um, but past that is probably four or five years is, our, is the new guy. Um, but I, I'm just a big proponent that if you take care of your people, they'll take care of you. And doesn't mean you have to do absolutely everything they want, um, because you can't. I mean, you want to. Uh, you want to pay people everything you possibly can and, and exactly what they want, and, and you want to give them all the time off in the world, and, you know, do all the things, but you still have a business to run, too. And as long as they understand, hey, this is a two-way street, and that is truly a two-way street, you know, they, they perform for you, and, you know, we perform for them, and that means you know, a, a, a little bonus at the end of the year or, you know, talking to them. And, and, you know, sometimes it's just as simple as asking about their family or, or asking about their kids or how their day's going or, or, or this or that. Um, you know, I tell my people, my door is always open. I had a young man who 
came and talked to me. On a, he had a, a personal issue he, he was kind of dealing with. And I don't want to go into details about it. Um, but he came and talked to me before he, he made what you know, might have been a rash decision. And, and we talked it out. And, you know, I, I, we got a chance to have a good conversation. And, you know, afterwards, um, he, he decided to go in a different direction. And, and while it's not the, the, the best situation for him, it's, it's a lot better than it, it could have been. Um, but I, I, I was very happy that he came and talked to me about that. And I was very, very proud that he, he felt comfortable enough to do so. And I hope all of our employees do that. Um, you know, not every day is perfect. People are going to have their issues and, and people are going to have bad days. But I think if you understand that and just say, hey, we're all here to take care of each other and take care of our customers. And as long as we can do that to the best of our abilities, you know, let the chips fall where they may after that. Um, you know, and, and if someone's having that ba- bad day, you're, you'd be a little under, your understanding of that. Um, if that turns into a few bad days or a bad week, okay, now we might have to have a conversation and see, hey, what's going on? Um, but also, you know, trying to, if there's an issue or a problem, fix the problem. Don't shoot questions and then, or don't shoot, shoot the messenger and ask questions later. Let's fix the problem. Let's take care of the customer. And then afterwards, let's go back and say, hey, okay, what could we have done better? Um, where did the system fail us here? Or where is there an issue? Um, you know, maybe it's just one of those things, hey, something really out of left field came up. Well, okay, we, the system's going to cover 98, 99% of things, maybe not this 1%. And honestly, that's where I have to come involved. Um, you know, you've got you to come in and fix things. But you're always trying to get things, make things better, um, make your people better, um, allow them to make mistakes so they get better. Um, again, as long as you're taking care of the customers, then, you know, it's, 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 just, it's just all in a day's work after that. Sure. Well said. Did you have someone mentoring you that kind of got you to that mindset? I, I know that you already have that type of personality because that's the type of person you are. Was that ethos already in place at Sturgis and you amplified it? Or did you kind of have someone, maybe it was your father or someone else, maybe at the company or not at the company, who helped you evolve into that ethos sure. if, if it wasn't there? Sure. So it, it was there. I, I you know, I, I think when I got there, like I said, there, was, there had been maybe a little bit of complacency, um, some communication that, that needed to occur. Um, it, it was there. It just needed, people need to be, uh, people need to be free to let it come out a little bit. Um, and there was certainly mentors in my background that helped me. Um, I had several stops before I got to California. I started out, I, I worked in Houston, and where I was before with Consolidated Graphics, I, after graduating college, they put me into what they called the Leadership Development Program. So it was a three-year-long program um, at, at one location. I, I worked at a, a printing plant in Houston, Texas, and they put you through the ringer. I mean, you actually worked out in the press room. You were in the bindery. You were in the pre-press department. Um, you're a customer service rep. You did planning. You did estimating. Um, you, you touched on a little bit of sales. Uh, you know, wherever the company needed you, you did six to nine month rotations in each of those departments. And then afterwards, you took either a, a sales track or a, a leadership track. And then honestly, it's kind of a misnomer. The sales track was also leadership track, but it's just you know one or two leadership or leadership being production or sales. I wanted to take production track um, because I wanted to move around. Typically, those who are people who are in sales were from the area. They had a lot of contacts. I, me not being from Houston, I didn't have a lot of contacts there, so I was interested in moving different locations and, and helping where I could. Um, so they uh, moved me after the first three years up to Richmond, Virginia. Uh, I worked there at a, a smaller facility in, in that city, spent uh, one year there, and then moved me down to be a plant manager at uh, our facility in Gainesville, Florida. Did that for four years. I'm probably the only person on this planet that lived in Gainesville, Florida, where the University of Florida is, college town. Lived there for four years, didn't go to school there. <laughs> uh, still a big Gator fan, though. Although I told my wife when we got married, I said, hey, football season, I'm all in for the Gators. All in. 
basketball season, I, you know, I got to still pull for KU. You know, so I got we got to share a little bit. Although this year, now it's all about KU football. So rock chalk. Um, but uh, was there for four years, run a plant, and then they again promoting a president out in um, Anaheim, California. But along the way. I really got to meet some very good leaders. Um, I had two gentlemen in Gainesville that were just wonderful. One on, one was our company president named John Childs, and then the other one was our, our VP of sales named Shriek Siraj. Um, both of them brilliant people, um, and and mentored me and and allowed me, allowed me to fail, you know, uh, allowed me to 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 do what I needed to do to help that company, and it took a little bit. Um, and I, I made my own mistakes, um, but they allowed me to do that and were there to help and support. And I've tried to do that with, with my own people um, and, and allow them room to, to grow and, and room to fail and, and room to learn from that. And I think in doing so, people that, that, that work with you understand this is part, this is a team. Um, it, it's not me up there or anybody else telling everybody, go do this, go do that. Mm-hmm. It's a team all pulling in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And as long as they feel comfortable that, hey, I can make a decision, I can use my best judgment in making this decision, and, hey, if it blows up in my face, the boss isn't going to fire me the next day. You know, we may have a meeting about that, and I may say, eh, probably not the best move. Um, but if you allow them to do that, they're not going to be scared to go and try to make something better than mm-hmm. we do. And that's in business what you're trying to do every single day. You, you're, you're trying to make yourself better because the day you stop improving, stop trying to make yourself better, you're going to go backwards because everybody else around you, they're going to be passing you. Mm-hmm. So you're just going to be running in place, which is nowhere to be. Exactly. You know, uh, two weeks ago, I was at a client, and one of their employees said, you know, when something happens here at this business, it's not an I problem, it's a we problem. Correct. And I really like that, and it sounds like it's the same thing. And it makes sense that coming from um, a commercial printing background, which is very similar to my industry, mm-hmm. if you're not consumer-focused, mm-hmm. you might as well be out of business. Yeah, you want to talk about a cutthroat business. Whew, printing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, probably now more than ever, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Um, Still a good industry, though. It is. It is, absolutely. We had a really cool, <laughs> just a side note, one of our, our pieces of business back then was uh, we had a customer that did nothing but print going out of business signs. Really? That's all he did. And whenever we, we did all the going out of business signs, <laughs> okay. we had a little tiny company in, in Anaheim, California. Um, we did all the going out of business signs for Circuit City, for linens and things, for um, Blockbuster Video, all of them. Really? Out of my little shop. And there were several others, uh, you know, smaller companies. <laughs> That's so wild. It was the craziest thing. I mean, it was literally a stop the presses kind of thing. Because once, once he was awarded the contract, and there was really only two or three different companies that he would print for that would handle all the logistics, he would handle the signs, and he just did the big banners, and he had us do the smaller signs that would hang in the stores. Once he got awarded the business, the signs needed to be in the store tomorrow, no matter where it was. And it was literally like, stop the presses, whatever's on, let's start printing, go out of business signs. And just so people don't know, because a majority of people may not know, that when you say stop the presses, you literally mean that because, uh, and jump in, Matt, but a commercial printing, printing in general runs on a print schedule. Correct. And they run 24 hours a day usually. Yes. yes. And it's scheduled, like I said. You can do a gang print, specified clients will have specified time periods. But when they say stop the presses, so you mean when that order came in, you literally stopped all your jobs, put his in the system. That is correct. Okay. That is correct. Okay. And everybody just understood this is the way it is. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was. Uh, it got interesting a few times. I think with, uh, with one of those companies... Um, he, our, our customer tried to guess which of the consult, which of the, 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 which of his customers were going to get that piece of business and he guessed wrong. And so we pre-printed everything for that company. I forget which one it was, <laughs> but we had to go reprint it all over again because they didn't share signs. It was two completely different runs. Would he show up for press checks in person? Oh, he didn't care about press checks. He okay. was just run it. 
It didn't matter. <laughs> Tell people what a press check is. A uh, press check is you 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 get a, a press runs and we have we had forty inch presses, and you know sheet comes off the press. The customer comes, looks at the sheet, said, "Hey, I'd like to up the magenta here a little bit here, the cyan a little bit here. You know this color needs to be a little warmer. This color needs to be a little cooler. Go back to press." fiddle with the buttons a little bit, another press sheet comes out, go show the customer, they start changing, you go back and forth with this little exercise until usually they get back to right where you started from and then they say, oh yeah, this looks great, wonderful, <laughs> love it, print it. So then that would be our, everything would be set based on that press sheet and then the press run would go and the press run every 100 sheets or 200 or 500 sheets would pull a press sheet out, scan the numbers for on the color bar the press would automatically you know, increase color here or decrease color there based on the original settings, and off you'd go. We have a lot more in common professionally than I thought. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I had no I'm, idea. <laughs> I'm getting back to my old life here, man. That was, uh, that was something else. You're in a good building for this kind of thing. Yeah. I, always, <laughs> I said when I, when I moved from the, the printing st- industry to the stone industry, I said, well, I've done, done paper and rocks. If this doesn't work out, scissors is next. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be a scissor factory somewhere for me. All right, that's good. <laughs> Paper, rock, scissors. Hey. All right, got to give me a minute. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank that you. was good. All right. Um, I'm sorry, do you want to do more on that? No, no, I'm good. Because I want to... Um, that was genius, paper, rock, scissors. Did you guys hear the way he just transitioned into that? Um, I want to talk about rocks. Sure. Because... I was given an enormous education um, from your company, specifically your father and, and yourself, regarding not all rocks are created equal. Correct. And I, can, I would wager that 80% of the people listening don't know that. Um, you know, limestone in Missouri is different than limestone on the East Coast, West Coast. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 fun. Um, everybody thinks, oh, it's it's a rock. Rock is rock is hard. Um, you know why? It, it, there's no difference. Rock is rock. Well, no, there's there's actually enormous difference. So um, different parts of the country, you know, a lot of it. Gosh, it's just there's different deposits, um, different mixes. Our our local limestones here. If anybody has seen. You know, curbs that fall apart or, or, or driveways that fall apart, um, you know, for one reason or another. A lot of that's because our limestone here is very soft. Um, so it really affects our, our concrete, our, 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 our native stone. Um, we, we have some beautiful limestones here um, if used in the correct application. So a lot of what Sturgis does is we try to find, we, we, first of all, let me go back a little bit. We do not own a quarry. Right. Okay. So we're a little bit unique in that regard that we are not trying to push our customers toward any one particular stone because, hey, this is the same stone we pull out of the ground. So it's a whole lot cheaper for us. We're trying to find the best material for the project for that customer's needs. Now, that may be a local limestone, and if so, hey, great, that's fine. Um, but more often than not, they're looking for something that may be a little bit more dense, a little bit harder, might have a different color to it, um, might have a different look, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what we do then is go try to source the material from different parts of the country. Um, you can go overseas, and there's stone overseas, but there, there's more issues, and we don't really want to deal with stuff from overseas, although we have in the past if we needed to. But 99.999% of what we do is, is all domestic, um, and I, I could probably almost say 100%. Um, so our job is how do we communicate what somebody building a multimillion-dollar home wants on their side of their home how do we take their vision and then go talk to a guy or a gal in, you know, Wisconsin or on the East Coast, Pennsylvania? How do we go talk to them who their job is digging rocks out of a hole in the ground for eight to 10 hours a day? How do we communicate what that homeowner wants versus what they can do? Because those two people talk a very different language. 
Um, it may be English, but they're, they're, they're not talking the same form of English. Mm-hmm. So we have to communicate from, from one entity to the other. And then sometimes you've got engineers involved. And sometimes you have architects. You have designers. Well, let's clarify. You sell primarily to architects and engineers. Is that we, correct? Matt? No, that's not correct. So okay, we sorry. sell primarily to stonemasons, home builders, Builders. landscapers. That's that's our our main source of business. In other words, not the end user. Not necessarily the end user. We will do business with the end user, and honestly, COVID really increased our business with end users because everybody that went home and started working from home, well, what are they going to do when they're home? Hey, how about this home project we need to do for the last several years? You know, let's put, let's make a nice little rock garden in the front. Or, you know, we want to, you know, do a little patio in the back, lay some flagstone in the backyard. Sure, sure. Gosh, well, I'm home now, so let's go ahead and do this. Well, our over-the-counter business went, went up because of that. Um, in fact, I even got interviewed by the Kansas City Star one time. A guy calls me out of the blue and says, hey, I want to talk to you about businesses that have been improved because of COVID. And I said, well, how did you find us? <laughs> you know, why are you calling Sturgis Materials? So well, I was in there last week. You seemed pretty busy. I'm like, okay, yeah, we probably were. <laughs> um, but no, most of our businesses, most of our, our customers are, are the uh, the installers, the, the stonemasons, the home builders, the landscapers. Um, they're the ones buying the materials. So um, we and, and we work we work with some very good ones in the Kansas City area. Um, we do not do any of the work ourselves. We do not do any installations, um, and specifically we don't because I don't want to compete with our customers. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to supply them the right materials for the right project, and. One of our benefits being that we're sitting on nine and a half acres of land in the middle of Kansas City, Kansas, is that we're centrally located and we've got a ton of room for for inventory. And your vendors, your builders, Mm -hmm. they know that, excuse me, your uh, builders, they know that when they're buying from you, they know they're getting the best product for their customer. That's correct. As opposed to getting the best price right. and a product that three to five years down the road looks like it's either 50 years old or starts crackling and crumbling. Is that correct? That's correct. They're getting the best value. That may not necessarily be the best price. Right, right, right. But they're, they're getting right. the best value. Um, Which in the long run, it really is the best price. Well, you correct. do the job right once, you pay for it once, you do it kind of okay once, you pay for it three or four times. Right. Right. We, we want to make sure that, that you're going to be happy with the material that you're, you're selecting and you're going to be happy with it for the long term. Um, unfortunately, one of, the, one of the issues with natural stone is the day natural materials are installed, it's probably the worst it's going to ever look. But it gets better over time. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, just time, it, 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 the, the stone wears, it's a natural material. Um, it, it just improves with age. Man-made materials, um, cast stone, which is a big misnomer because it's not stone. Um, it, it's made of concrete, and, and it's also very uh, it's cast materials are very hard in the environment because of the amount of energy and and heat it takes to produce. Um, but cast materials, precast materials, look the absolute best the day it's installed, and then it deteriorates over time. Um, when my wife and I moved here, uh, we were looking at a lot of houses, and, and she's like, you know, you, you know, what's what's the difference? You know, this, you know, it looks like stone. It looks the same. You're such a snob. I mean, come on. And we we came up to one house. It's like, okay, there it is. Come look. See that see that down on that house looks good, right? Well, yeah, it looks pretty good. Come up close. And she walks up close. She goes, what's all those rust spots coming out? I'm like, that's coming out of the cast stone. Those are that's inherent in the material. And the moisture's gotten in there, and that's what those rust spots are coming out of the stone. She's like, whoa, I didn't know. I said, well, exactly. Now exactly. you're a snob, too. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my work. Um, do you have a beautiful uh, landscaped home? Yeah. yeah. Uh, do we have a beautiful landscaped home? We're working on it. Oh, yeah? We're working on it. Um, you know, when you, when you move here and you're, you're, you're going into a new job, a new career, your wife is pregnant with your second kid, and you just bought a house. All right, I get it. You're just hanging on. <laughs> You're hanging on for dear life. And, and honestly, I'd like to think that we had time to do stuff on the house. 
you know, we really haven't. Um, you know, had another kid. You always think, like, as soon as as soon as the kids are out of diapers, we're gonna be fine. Uh, okay. As soon as they're potty trained, we're gonna have time to. Okay. Well, as soon as this season's over or that sports season's over, yeah. and it just it, it just multiplies. It's always something. Yeah, it's always something. It's like business. It, it really is. It really is. But I wouldn't change it for anything. Amen. Amen. Um, you talked about Corey's. Mm-hmm. How um, this is. Might be a three-part question. I'll try to simplify it. Okay. But it was one of my first questions I thought of when I knew you were going to come by. Is how important is your relationship with the Corey, number one? Number two, is a relationship with the Corey more than just saying, hi, I'm Sturgis Materials, and I'm one of the purchasers. I want to open up an account. Mm-hmm. So, so the first question, our, our relationship with our Corys. Um, it's vitally important that we have a good relationship with our quarries because we need to know from them what are they producing, how long is it taking them to produce, um, what's, you know, what's their time frame, and then we want to make sure that they understand what our business is because they may have different customers. There really isn't a whole lot of companies like us in the country that both do custom fabrication and do you know, landscape and, and, and building stone. Most companies do one or the other. We do both, which is very unique. So, for instance, there's a, a quarry we work with in Wisconsin, and we, we were trying to get them to sell us slabs for our fabrication department for, for years, and they just wouldn't do it because they said, we've done this before, and we've gotten burned by people who didn't know how to cut our material. We do. And we finally had to have them come down and look at our, our facility and explain to them, look, guys, I can't go to you for a outdoor fireplace hearth or, or a countertop. I can't wait the 8 to 10, now might be 16 to 18 weeks for you to produce this, where I can do the same thing in my shop. And it might take four to six, but I'm going to sell the veneer stone that's going to go on the fireplace. I'm going to sell the hearth and mantle. I'm going to do the whole thing, but I've got to be able to produce it and sell it all in one place. That's what our customers expect. And they understood, okay, that is what it takes. Um, and so they were able to, they started selling us all the materials we needed. Um, we had a, a event last week with Indiana Limestone Company, who was recently bought by Polycore, who is one of the biggest couriers in the world. And you do a ton of work with them, don't you? We do a ton of work with them. We, and we've worked with them for years and years and years and years and years. <clears throat> um, and they put together a little event uh, down at City Barrel, which was a great spot, um, down the crossroads, um, invited a bunch of, of, of architects and engineers. And it was just an after work. They called it, you know, beers with peers. Um, they did that, had Sturgis involved, and we, we had some, some good, uh, good people were there, um, but we want quarries that, that, that do that kind of thing, that, that understand the value of what we're selling. Um, Is it common for a quarry? Because just like Sturgis, you only work with the best builders and installers in the mm-hmm. city because you want them installing your stuff properly. And it sounds like the quarries want to make sure that who they're selling to are doing the same. Is that common for a quarry to care that much about who they're selling to, how that product is installed? No, it's not. Okay. It's common for our quarries. And that's why we, we're, very, we're very picky. We're very selective uh, on who we work with. I'm glad you said that because you... You specifically interview these quarries, don't you, and hunt right. and search them, right? And it would vet them, thank right? You. Right, right. You have and go visit them if we need to. Um, I, I've visited um, almost all of our quarries. I don't think there's any that we I have not been to, and if I haven't, that's because we don't work with them a whole lot. Um, and I'm guessing some stone suppliers like yourself maybe don't go in person. No. They probably try to save that airfare, that car ride, or maybe they just right. don't want to do it, right. and they'll just rely on a spec sheet. Right, right, right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. As part of that that Corey conversation, and relevant to kind of what we're coming out of, you know, 2022, COVID, pandemic, et cetera, um, I've heard from other people at your company uh, maybe it was your father or Jeff, that you have been very, very vital and very good 
at looking ahead and not ordering too much of one material from one quarry. You do a very good job of jockeying your inventory so that, Mm -hmm. you know, like everyone, you can't overstock yourself in one area because then you're stuck with too much material you can't sell. At least the nice thing about the stone industry is it's not going to (laughs) spoil. It's not going to go bad. That's true. So if you make a mistake here or there, it ain't going to go bad. Thank goodness for that because I've made a few. But it's still sitting on your ledger. It's still sitting on your ledger. And it's it's funny, you know, usually, you know, usually during the year, at least especially in our business, we're very weather oriented. So when it gets cold... You can't really, you're not going to really do a lot of stuff outside. And, and almost all of our materials are installed outside. Um, so when it cools down and, and gets to freezing, our business drops off a little bit. Okay, take the seasonality out of it mm-hmm. and going back to COVID, when inventories were wild, how are you managing what should, what should Sturgis be stocking more of? What yeah. do I need less of? Yeah. Or yeah. was it just simply intuition? It's, which I'm there's, sure it's there's, a, there's a lot of intuition, intuition and guessing <laughs> and, you know, hoping. Um, and, but, you start to you start to see patterns a little bit. Um, you know, one type of material sells a lot during this time of year. During the fall, a lot of our browner materials sell a lot, um, just because those colors are obviously sure. are, are, are more more in this time of year. Um, usually in the winter time, we're trying to pare back on inventory. This year, we increased inventory during the winter, which went against everything I've ever learned and everything I've ever been taught. But I had a pretty good guess this was going to be a busy year for us, and it's it's worked out very well. Again, when you're sitting on nine and a half acres, you might as well use it and store inventory and be able to sell it because, hey, you can't sell it if you don't have it. And a lot of our quarries that are 8 to 10, some even 15 to 18 weeks behind, um, you know, could someone call them direct and order a truckload of stone? Some of them they could. We prefer they call us. Um, but they don't have that time to wait. Right. You know, we have the material. Um, we've got it in stock. And, um, you know, it's ready to ship tomorrow. But there's been tons of times that we've gotten calls from, from our, our, our customers saying, hey, I need to place an order. How long is it going to take? Let me check my computer. Okay, you want to come pick it up tomorrow? And you get that moment of silence. They're like, you're kidding. You have this in stock? So, yeah, it's in stock. We got it. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's nice when that happens feels good. It does. It does. So we've touched on the fact that not all stones are created equal, you know, depending on right. where they come from geographically within the United States. Right. Um, they vary by quality, even though it could be the same type of material. You said pretty much everything comes domestically. Is there any type of stone that does come best from another country? Um, you know, we just don't get involved with, with, Imports just because there's a you know now you got to start dealing with how you're going to ship it over, and tariffs and can you trust the spec sheet and can you trust the the, the people that are selling it? And with overseas, it's a whole lot harder to go vet the quarry, especially right now. Right, especially right that's now. A, that's a loaded yeah I yeah asked a very loaded question yeah. Yeah. for end of 2022. Um, let's talk about concrete and stone, okay? Because I've also vicariously been educated that. If I'm going to mortar or correct me, con- you know, put concrete against your stone or any stone, mm-hmm. I need to know what type of stone that is so I know what type of concrete, right? Because the stone will respond differently to certain types of concrete. It, it does. It does. And you, st- you, can, you can really get into the weeds a little bit on that stuff. I mean, there, there's multiple different types of, of, of mortars out there, type S's, type N's. And even, even sometimes I don't ex- totally understand which one works best with the, which product. Um, fortunately, we've got people who do. <laughs> so they're, Well, they're maybe this is an easier way to ask it. And more specific is that, you know, in Kansas City, we have four seasons. Mm-hmm. So ice you know, freezing and thawing. Um, I heard, I think I heard last year, I forgot who it was from, but we have more freezing and thawing here in Kansas City than like New York does, for example. Correct. They'll stay colder longer than us. Correct. But we will freeze and thaw more than they will. Right. Which obviously creates a... Um, you know, that instability to well, build moisture, humidity. Well, what freeze-thaw does is expansion and contraction of water. Water is the, is the strongest material probably in the universe. Water's stronger than anything. Water can break through anything. 
Um, and, you know, go take a look at the, the, you know, the Grand Canyon. I mean, water created that over millions of years, obviously. Um, but you get freezing and thawing, water versus stone, water is going to win every single time. So in this town, yes, we, have, we may have multiple freeze-thaw cycles in a day, but on top of that, you also get a lot of moisture during the wintertime, whether it's melting snow or, or just you know, you know, moisture in the air, um, and then throw salt on it, and now you've got a whole different animal. So there's a lot of, of things that can go into degradation of, of any type of material, even natural stone. Now, we know natural stones that are going to be more impervious to water and, and resistant to salt and other materials that may you know, degrade stones that you might find here locally. Um, but again, you, you got to know where to find them. You got to know who to trust that they can pull those out of the ground the right, right way for you. Um, but yeah, there again, go kind of go back to your, your initial question about, you know, rock, rock is all rocks are not created equal, you know, rock may be hard, but there, there's certainly <laughs> things out there that can over time can, can hurt anything. So you've got to have the right material. You also need to install it properly. Um, nothing is more frustrating to us to sell a, a beautiful material and see it installed improperly. Sure. And those are the phone calls you hate, that, that something comes back a year or two years from now and say, hey, I've got a problem with my patio. Can you come out and look at it? And you come out there and go, well, you, you've got a water issue here um, because there's no place for the water to drain. It's not the stone. The stone can't fix that. Um, you, you know, some things should have been done on the installation side that, that would, have, you know, would have stopped this from happening. Um, so those are difficult. So that's why we want to work with the best installers there are, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's a stonemason or, or, or a landscaper or, or whoever, and, and make sure they have the right tools, the right knowledge necessary to help them do their job the best they, they can. So that's what we do. Excellent. Excellent. Um, you talked about coming into Sturgis and evaluating things and seeing, mm-hmm. you know, what areas needed to be lifted and revised, et cetera. What are you proudest of, of your accomplishments so far at Sturgis? Mm, good question. Um, I'm, I'm proud that we have maintained so many of the employees that, that were there when I, when I started. Um, I'm, I'm proud that, you know, I'm proud we've been able to take care of them, take care of their families, um, give them a place that they're proud of. I mean, when you tell me that, you know, you're, you're at my facility and, and the guy on the forklift is happy to spend 10 minutes and talk to you about, you know, you know answer your questions or talk to you about different materials. You know, I love that. I love hearing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that really makes me, you know, it's a, it's a real source of pride for me. Um, you know, whether it's the, the guy that empties the trash cans for us or, you know, the, the guy that uh, is our, our lead sales rep, you know, from from top to bottom, that people care and people um, are proud to be there and proud to talk about it and, and proud to be part of the Sturgis family. Um, that's what really gets me going. And that's what, what makes me want to be there every single day. Um, I tell people what I do is I am, I'm a support person. I support our employees. That's what I do. Um, our sales rep, I, I want to help him do his job better um, so he can go out and do, do what he does well, which is sell. So I'll make sure that, that we've got the materials for him to sell um, and, and the answers he needs so he doesn't have to go get the answers. I'll do that for him. You take care of your customers. Um, our, our, our guys on the front counter, um, that, that what's in the computer is accurate, our inventory is right, um, that you know, they know they can, that, that, that somebody walks in out of the blue, that they feel comfortable with, with going out and talk to them about pretty much anything we have for sale, that they can get me involved if they need to, if they can handle it, more power to them, um, but that, that they can go do their job better. And that's, that's the kind of place that I want to be, that, that I help everybody else at our company do their job a little bit better and they, so that they can go home at night and feel proud of what they did. Nice. And how much of that, or not even how much of that, to give me um, 
Give me a little bit on being second generation. <laughs> you know, it's 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 fascinating. Um, again, I, I never, I never in a million years thought I would do it. Um, I, I worked down Sturgis when I was a kid. Um, you know, when I was, you know, summers and, and Saturdays, and you know, you you, you you put in your time down there, and and. When I went off to college, I would come home and I'd work my summers. And, and finally, the, my summer between my junior and your senior year, I decided to stay in San Antonio and I, I didn't come home. And it was, it, was, it was different. Actually, it was fun for me. I was a, down in San Antonio, we have what's called the Riverwalk. And there's riverboats that do tours there. And I was a riverboat tour guide that summer. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, most of my friends, <laughs> uh, they, they did unpaid internships. Um, to me, it was a paid internship to stand in front of 40 people <laughs> eight times a night and give a presentation. I learned about public speaking doing that job, and it was great for me. Nice. Um, it made pretty decent money and tip money along the side. Um, but I didn't come home that, that summer, and then um, you got, a, got a, a job which turned into a career with Consolidated Graphics and thought, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing. Um, but again, things change, and I decided to come home and... You know, being the second, the next generation ha- certainly has its challenges. Um, people kind of look at you like, oh, you're, you're the owner's kid. Okay, well, you're given this position. Uh, I'd like for you to take a look at what I've done in my life. And, and I, I wouldn't have come back to Sturgis right out of college. I, I wouldn't have done it anyway because I thought it was always important to make my own way, learn my own things. And... The experience that I had gathered and the mentors that I had had and the mistakes that I had made and, you know, the, the good things that we had done, I thought put me in a u- unique position to come back to Sturgis, bring what I knew best and how what worked and what didn't work for me and come back to a company that had a wonderful reputation and had great people, but maybe just needed a, a fresh set of eyes on things. And, and that's what I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to come back and change everything. I right. didn't want to make us, you know, big corporate. And that's what some people were scared of. Right. Um, and I understood that. Um, but basically what I did day in, day out was run a very similar size company to what Sturgis Materials is. And I was able to utilize those lessons. And, you know, here we are today. And I'm very proud of it. Sure. Let me ask the same question in a different manner, a little bit more intimate. Do you struggle at all with identity? In, um, I did. I did, certainly in the beginning. And I'm asking that, obviously, because your father is one of the owners, mm-hmm. and you come in, you know, and again, that's why I asked the identity question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how, do you get o- how did you get over that? You try, and what I try to do was find a way where I could derive value from what I could do to the company and understand it wasn't going to take, it wasn't going to be an overnight process. That's the hard part, isn't it? It is the hard part. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Because for for a while, you're the owner's kid and you're going to be the owner's kid until you can prove, hey, things are pretty good here and, and Matt has a little bit of something to do with this. Um, and yeah, that took some time and took some effort. And there were some, there may have been some hurt feelings here or there. Um, we, we had to say goodbye to a few people and a few people did that on their own. Um, and, and those decisions and those, those times are always hard. Um, we had, you know, when I, when I came by, we didn't have a, a company controller. Um, we had a, APAR clerk who I worked with when I was a, when I was a kid, and, and she had been there for years. She was an institution, and a wonderful person. Um, everybody loved her, but it didn't take me long to figure out. Hey, if we're going to grow, we need a stronger person in this department. Um, we need a true company controller who can, you know, get us the information we need, the financial information we need right now. Um, who can who can handle the the books? Who can handle month end on his own? That doesn't have to have an outside entity do this. That we're 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 honestly overpaying to do. Um, and it took a little bit of convincing of of our ownership to do that. Um, and after a while, they they understood. Okay, this is what we need to do. 
And I said, okay, well, what are we going to do with the current person in that department? They both looked at me. I said, you're not going to make me do it. They said, yeah, <laughs> we can't do it. You have to. I'm like, okay. And I had to let her go. Sure. And it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. And it, it, it just, it stunk. It absolutely stunk. We, we brought her in. I said, this is going to be the worst day of your life. And I'm really sorry about that. But you know what? Tomorrow's going to be better because you're going to land on your feet and you're going to be fine. You're going to find something that's going to fit your, your talents and what you can do. Um, but we need somebody with just a little bit of a different background than what, you, what you've been able to provide for us for so many years. And, you know, there's some things said, some hurt feelings. Um, but I, I would like to think that, that the next day after, what, you know, things, things turned the right way for her and, and she's happy wherever she is right now. But I know it worked out well for us. Uh, we've got a great guy in there that, that, that we hired. Actually, he used to work for the Royals. And I kind of wonder, it's like, and he worked for the Royals during 14 and 15. I thought, boy, that must have been fun. <laughs> Golly, you're you're an accountant. He was he was on the 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 food and, and beverage side, the Aramark side. Um, you know, why why would you come work for Sturgis Materials after doing all that with the Royals? He's like, you didn't understand. I never saw my family. I didn't get home until two or three in the morning after right. those games ended. Right. And I had to you know close everything out. And the next day we're back here. I, I never saw my family. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, makes sense. Um, but he's done a great job, and, and you know you have the information that you can trust and that you we need coming out of that department. Because I'm not an accountant, right. I don't want to do it. I can I can do it. But I don't <laughs> want to. It ain't my bag. Uh, fortunately, it's his. Um, so uh, again, yeah. No, thank you for letting me ask that because obviously yeah, it's, it's something that was top of mind, you know, for this interview because for obvious reasons, you know. And yeah, it's a challenge being family, but. I, if I were to talk to anybody, just you, you better be ready to work your butt off. Um, and, and you're going to have to prove yourself every single day. And There's no replacement for hard work. No, not at all. Not at all. And, and you better take care of the people that are, are there helping to take care of the company. Um, because the minute you don't is the minute they start looking elsewhere. And uh, fortunately, with, with all the issues companies had with, with, with turnover and and, you know, all this, you know, silent quitting, whatever that is. Quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, we've been able to maintain our crew, and uh, they, they, they do a wonderful job for us. And a lot of people asking if they can work from home in your industry. Not so much. It'd be pretty difficult <laughs> to do that. It'd be pretty difficult. <laughs> so, Matt, you said that you're always looking five years ahead. Yeah. What's five years from now in your industry? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, <laughs> In our industry, the challenge we're all dealing with right now is, is, is people, people-based. Um, biggest challenge for us is going to be qualified stonemasons. Um, so trying to make sure that when a young man or woman comes along in the business, that we are helping them, we're taking care of them, we're educating them on how to install our materials properly. Um, so that's a big challenge for us. Um, it extends over to the quarry side as well. Um, making sure we're working with quarries that have the same vision that we do, that are taking care of, of their employees the same way, um, that have the personnel and the people to provide us with the materials we need on a timely basis. Um, you know, and then making sure that you've got your ear to your customers um, what do they need? What's important for them? What's out there that they're not getting um, that maybe you can be a supplier for? Um, there, there's always going to be new products out there uh, that you know may work, may not work. Um, it's nice being that we are, we can try some different things. And if it doesn't work, oh well. But when you find something that works and your customers love it and they, they want to get more of it, I mean, there was, there was a product, you know, two years ago, we didn't stock at all. And we had more and more calls for it. And finally I said, okay, we're going to stock this. And now it's probably our most heavily stocked material we have. Um, but we would have done that if we didn't have our ears to our customers and listening to them and listening to their, their wants and needs and, and what's coming down the line. So um, that, that's really what we try to do every single day. Nice. 
What do you wish people knew about Sturgis? <clears throat> Sometimes I wish we... I, People wish, I wish people knew we were there. There's so many times people walk in, I never knew you guys were here. You know, well, yeah, it's, it's, you know, you're a giant facility. It is. It's a pretty it's facility. Um, but we're a little tucked back. And, and we, you know, one of our failures is, is we didn't pay as much attention to our over-the-counter business over the years because we were, we're so focused. And, and you know, we're, and our main customers are our or landscape or stone masons, home, home builders. Um, if somebody wanted to come in and buy a ton of gravel, okay, fine, we'll sell you a ton of gravel. Sure. If somebody wanted to do their own little home project, okay, fine, we're, we're here for that. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't a big focus. So our website was just sort of a placeholder. It was just there. Um, we had some pictures on there. We had some things. We had a price list. Somebody can go to it, fine, whatever. When COVID happened and people started working from home and started doing all these home projects and started coming... One crazy story. I mean, after the first, it was the first month of, of COVID, and we weren't quite sure what to do. We knew we could stay open um, because we were a supplier to um, uh, home builders, to commercial builders. So we knew we could stay open, but we weren't sure we could stay open for everybody. So we kind of closed our front gate. We said we're, we're just open for, um, I forget what's the word, the essential businesses. We're just open for them. But then every once in a while, people would kind of come in the side gate. Hey, can I get a ton of this, ton of that? Okay, fine. We'll take care of you. Well, one afternoon, we, we had a, a call from a young lady who said, Hey, I'm coming from some small town in northern Missouri. I'll be there in a couple hours, and we'll come down and take a look at some materials from my house. Okay, fine. She shows up about 4 o'clock. We close at 4.30. And we're all thinking, okay, what's going on? You know, who is this person? What are they doing here? You know, it's time to go. We're tired. It's the end of the day. It's, you know, it's COVID, you know, mm-hmm. we're all supposed to be like six feet from each other. <laughs> you know, we're all in masks. Uh, what's going on? She comes in. She goes, I want a ton of this. I want a ton of that. I want a pallet, this, pallet this, pallet that. <laughs> okay, sure. We start ringing it up, and it's like $21,000. And she just pulls out this wad of cash and starts peeling out dollar oh, bills. Okay. We're like, okay. <laughs> I guess this is how it's going to be. Sure. So soon after that, and our over-the-counter business started to go up. It's like, well, maybe we better spend some time here now. So we improved our website greatly. Thank you very much for that. You're welcome. For Sony, little plug for you guys. Did a wonderful job. Thank you. Um, Had a fun doing it, too. Thank you. I'm glad you did. It was fun for us. Um, And just being a little bit more customer friendly customer oriented on that front side and getting the word out there that hey we're here we've been here for years we know what we're doing um but yeah i would i would love for customers to know who we are and where we are um tell and, them you're and, on but yeah. uh, 550 south we're, packard we're street at the, we're did i nail that south packard which is the corner of 7th and kansas avenue i nailed the address and, yes you did <laughs> um in, in beautiful armordale which has really become a foodie destination by the way the 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 Kansas City Kansas the Taco Trail goes right by there. There's there's really? tons of, of, of Hispanic restaurants. Um, there's a wonderful uh, fish restaurant, seafood restaurant, right catty corner from us. Um, that my dad is a huge fan of. <laughs> goes there all the time. Um, we've got several other restaurants that have opened up near Sturgis, so it's a great destination if you come down, look for some rocks, and 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 have a good meal at the same time. And Matt, I do want to say something because you haven't touched on it yet. You'll see it if you go on their website. Please visit it, SturgisMaterials.com. But um, Sturgis Materials has done all of the stone, correct me, veneer, all the stone on like the KU Med at the corner of 39th and um, State Line. We, we did a lot that, of that. The landscaping there. You've done the World War II Museum. World across, War I. Or, excuse World me, excuse Museum. me. Mm-hmm. World, World War I Museum across from Union Station. Mm-hmm. You did the General's Wall mm-hmm. that's there in front of Correct. the uh, the monument. Mm-hmm. Um, you've done a lot of Kansas City icons, uh, not the church. Help me out with the name. Uh, Redemptorist Church. Okay, that's right, Redemptorist. Mm-hmm. Um, you did some repair work on Redemptorist, correct? Yeah. Yep. So, you know, Sturgis really touches blue chip, um, what would you call them, properties. We do. You know, so it's not just blue chip builders and architects and um, end users because you do deal with high end, but um, it's 
it's blue chip Kansas City companies. I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. The best, the most fun part of our business is every day is a little bit different. Um, every project's a little bit different. We're not just producing the same thing over and over and over. Like and commercial over and printing. Over. Exactly. Exactly. That's where, seriously. That's where a lot of those similarities lie. Um, especially our fabrication. For our fabrication department and commercial printing, there's a lot of similarities in between the two um, because we're producing different materials and different products every single day. If you could take, you could see that customer's vision on the front end and then work with them all the way through and then see the final product, that's a lot of fun. They get some good pictures, yep. some good videos. Just like a commercial or a website or a digital campaign or exactly. a TV flight. Exactly. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, what else? This has been a ton of fun. This has been yeah. very educational as always. Anytime I sit down with anyone from Sturgis for any amount of period, I learn something new. This, is, this has been great. And, and I'll invite you if you want to come see a, a second grade girls basketball game sometime, <laughs> you know who to call. That's me. I've got a great t-shirt. It says, I... I'm not scared of anything. I coach girls basketball. <laughs> I've got that T-shirt. It's one of my favorites. Where are you in the season? Uh, it hasn't started yet. We're in the middle of soccer season right now. Okay. We're about yeah. halfway through soccer season. And how's that going? Uh, that's going really well. Yeah. Um, all our teams are doing good. You know, you win some, you lose some. Um, but they're all learning. They're all improving. Um, my, my kids in particular. So I've, I've got a family of goalkeepers. Which uh, my wife hates. Are they tall like you? Uh, my, so my oldest boy is thir- he'll be 14 in December, and he's six foot tall. Yeah. Yeah, he's huge. So very long <laughs> arms. Mm-hmm. 14. 14. And Not six even 14 foot. yet. Yeah. What's, the doc- what's his forecast? I, you know, he, I don't know if he'll get to me. We'll see. Oh, really? We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um, he may get there. He may, I kind of hope he... I don't know. I don't hope he doesn't get taller than me because that makes then you start hitting your head on things and that really gets challenging. <laughs> Brag. Um, <laughs> Gotta rub it in. Uh, but he's doing great. He's actually playing on two teams right now. He's on my rec team. He's also on a club team that he plays for um, at the same time. So he's busy. Um, and my daughter, she's just started playing goalie, um, and so she's learning. Um, she's tall also. My middle son, he's a little bit more of the athlete. He's not quite as tall. He's a little bit quicker. So he likes playing the field, but every once in a while we'll, we'll kick him back in goal um, just to kind of keep him honest. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, they're, they're all doing good and they, they love it. And they're, they're, you know, they're, they're piano and it's just, it's just, it's just great. But we, we, we stress to them, you know, school is the most important thing. Um, making sure also that, you know, you, you know, if it's, you know, whatever you're, you're doing on Sundays, um, and whatever that may be, but, uh, you always, you know, looking toward a higher power to, to, you know, there, there's a reason for all of this and, and to make sure you're taking care of each other and take care of what take, taking care of what's important to you and, and what's important to your family, to your church, to your school. And trying to teach your kids little lessons like that. And it's, there's always something with kids. You got to have a bit of a sense of humor with it also, uh, because of what they're going to do day in and day out and and the the fun things they're going to put you through. Um, But uh, we've got, we, we love our kids. We've got great kids and the kids on our, my soccer teams are are awesome. Um, It's, it's just, it's been a blast. It really has been. I I wouldn't, wouldn't change it for anything. Some days you go home, you're like, Oh my gosh, I need a break. Um, but I, again, I wouldn't change it. <laughs> well, Matt, you're clearly doing a lot right. Thank you. Um, in many avenues of your life. So um, let me shake your hand. Uh, yeah. You're a wonderful man. Appreciate that. Thank you for coming by. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I look forward to seeing you in the future. Likewise. Let's do it again sometime. You know it. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Little Agency That Roars podcast. Be sure to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and on FasoniPartners.com under podcast. Be sure to subscribe, be sure to like, and leave a review. If you want to submit an interview or submit yourself for an interview, please email roar at FasoniPartners.com. That's R-O-A-R at FasoniPartners.com. Thanks.